Today on Girls on Film, we speak to a key member of the Black Panther Party and the actress who plays her in a new film. One thing about the party, there were people that we didn't get along, but we had an objective to get work done. And we had to work with the bougie bitches that we called them behind their back. But it was never said in public. That was, you know, behind closed doors. You hear what I'm saying? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I'm going to get that gun of mine, and I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it. Better yet, I don't believe in labels. You know, I think you're the only girl in the world that can stand on a stage with a spotlight in her eye and still see a diamond inside a man's pocket. Because I'm up at five every morning working my ass off. Does someone want to just tell me to my face, you're never going to give me the scores I deserve? Welcome to Girls on Film. I'm your host, Anna Smith. And we have a very special episode for you today in partnership with Warner Brothers UK. Our focus is the upcoming film Judas and the Black Messiah, directed by Shaka King. It stars Lakeith Stanfield as an FBI informant. He infiltrates the Illinois Black Panther Party to keep tabs on their leader, Chairman Fred Hampton, who's played by Daniel Kaluuya. Hampton is rising in power just as he's falling in love with fellow revolutionary Deborah Johnson, played by Dominique Fishback, who we last saw in The Hate You Give. With the FBI ready to swoop, Fred and Deborah's love story is in jeopardy. Judas and the Black Messiah is getting awards buzz this season and today we're bringing you a Girls on Film exclusive. An interview with the real Deborah, who's now an activist known as Mother Akua, and the actress Dominique Fishback. Welcome to you both. It's the first time on Girls on Film that we've had an actress and the person that she's playing in the film. So it's brilliant to have you both here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So Girls on Film is a feminist podcast, but we're also really interested in activism and representation in general. So this film really chimed with us. Um, Mother Akua, it's an honour to have you. How did you feel when you heard they were making this film? Well, I was, you know, kind of pissed off because... Uh, had heard about it through the grapevine and I hadn't, uh, we hadn't talked to anybody, you know, about it. And we've had a lot of people, a lot of different groups wanting to do a film. Uh, We tried to do independent. um, And it's always a different story than the real story that they want to tell. They have preconceived notions of what it should be and how people should be portrayed. So I was like, uh, as Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. was, here we go again, you know, so. But uh, after we sat down and talked and met with um, with Daniel and Dominique and the the producers and the directors and all of that, uh, we met with our group, the Black Panther Party Cubs and the uh, December 4th Committee, which I chair, and also as an advisory board member of the Cubs. We decided to come on. And uh, let me say this too, what was the tipping point too, Daniel and uh, Dominique both came to meet with us at the Hampton House and sat around the table. The meeting went, I want to say six or seven hours. And um, uh, it's about one or two in the morning. 
And chairman told somebody that was there to Google the worst neighborhood in Chicago. And they did. And he said, we're going. And Daniel and Dominique and one other person went. I said, whoa, I'm not going one or two in the morning. It just so happened about 11 people that got uh, murdered over there. And um, they went to the community with Chairman Fred. And I said, okay, all right. Uh, It's cool. It's good. Wow. Dominique, tell me, um, your performance festival is fantastic. Congratulations. But tell me from your perspective how it was first meeting Mother Akua. Yes. So um, I, I was so nervous. because <laughs> I was so nervous. Chairman Fred Jr. said, I want to go around the table and I want to know why every single one of you want to do this film. And I was, he said, I'm going to start with you. And he pointed to Daniel and I was like, oh my God. So when it came to me, I was like, I'm just going to say I'm nervous because I knew my, like, I felt like my voice was going to be shaking. My heart was pounding so, so hard. But I also told Mama Akua, I apologized to her because I said, the, you know, in order for me to come here to meet, to meet them, I had to agree to do the movie. But the first thing I really said to Shaka was, is the family involved? Because I didn't want to do anything that was detrimental. And I know that Mama Kua is still here with us. So I want to respect that. And he said, we want to get the best team together so they can know our intentions and know how serious we are before we, we go to them. So I had to kind of agree before I got to talk to her. And I just let her know, like, it is not for lack of caring that I, that I, agreed to do this. I, I just knew that I had to do this in order to, to meet you guys. And I, and I really would love your, your blessing over it. And then uh, she pulled Daniel and I to the side and she asked us how we were going <laughs> to approach the character. And then, and then uh, Daniel talks about like being a vessel or something. And she's like, well, what does that mean? And I said, you know, just allow a spirit to flow through you. And she said, well, what if my spirit don't mess with just spirit? And I was like, you <laughs> and then afterwards, I just, you know, um, I told her, you know, as an actor, I think about character building and how a, how a character is different from the beginning to the, of the movie to the end. But really, once you get on set, you just want to play and allow energy and spirit to, to flow. And that's what I meant. And then at the end, I gave her a hug and I said, I hope you know my heart. And she said, I do. I just had to give you a little bit of a hard time. Yes. It was good. Yeah. So after the hard time, what kind of conversations did you have um, about specific moments in the film um, with reflection to, you know, the real events and the real character? Well, I haven't sat and watched the movie consistently all the way through. But the first thing I noticed was the chemistry that her and Daniel had. And I was like, you know, I was breathless. And it it reminded me of something that I hadn't thought about in a long time. The camaraderie that I had with Chairman Fred to have political discussion, you know, uh, with with your your husband, your other half, the chairman of the party. And that brought that back to me. In addition, seeing Dominique, it's the way I look at people. We'll call it my side eye. And she cinched it, Ooh. you know. And I said, oh, this girl got it. <laughs> but I, I I, knew something was up when we met. But when I see that film, it just confirmed it. And Dominique, I don't know if you saw the picture. I done sent it to everybody with you and I side by side. A picture of me. Back in the day, and you, I sent it to uh, Ryan, Charles, everybody. You know what I'm saying? 
and everybody says that you're related to me. (laughs) I believe that. I accept that. I accept that. I text Chairman Fred Jr. and I just let him know how honored that me and the, the cast are because you know, you guys allowed us to to stick our 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 names and our likeness to your legacy. And that's not a small offering. And we really truly honor that because we know we didn't do we didn't do what you guys did. And so to to be attached is really humbling. I'm I'm truly, truly thankful for for the rest of for the rest of my life. I just want you to know. Well, I have to say this uh to you too, Dominique. You're a hella actress. Thank you. And that picture with us side by side, I'm about to cry. Me too. <laughs> the picture with us side by side, you caught my pain and you showed it. You showed it. You know how we kind of look into the side and our, our facial features, you, you reflected that. Thank you so much. I have chills on the I want to be all crying and stuff, but I said, damn. And you know what? It's a, a pain that, I try to walk past. You know what I'm saying? He would, it reflected in your face and I saw it. So let me straighten my face. I'm putting all this makeup on me. Me too, right? <laughs> I love you. Thank you so much. Oh, I love you. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm back to normal. Okay, me too. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if I am. That was incredibly moving <laughs> seeing that. But, you know, I think what Mother has talked on there is, is Dominique, it's such a responsibility playing a, a real life person, isn't it? And, and how gratifying it must be for you to have this approval. Were there any moments when you were filming when you were a bit nervous about that? Well, I just got to say, like, I feel I, I said this before, but I haven't said this to, to Mama Kua, but I feel like when I when I was coming into doing the project, there was an idea of womanhood that I had. It was a, a threshold that I didn't know how to cross, but I felt I was teetering a line and I didn't understand. And when we spoke um, in, at the house and you said, you know, there was um, the, the Panthers were very disciplined. They, they didn't, you didn't speak out of turn. And it was just certain things that you wouldn't have said to Chairman Fred that we say in the movie. And it really allowed me to tap into, okay, if I have to say these lines, how do I say them in a way, like what, what was it in these lines that gave Mama cool pause and how do I say them in a different way so that it doesn't come off as, as we might read on the, on the page. And as I started opening myself up to, to Daniel's energy and his, his protection and his care, I, I learned that, oh, Chairman Fred allowed people to trust in him. And when you have that kind of trust in people, you don't have to be defensive. You don't have to be on guard and you're allowed to be softer. And so because of that, I was able to translate that to talking to Daniel, to moving in the part. And then in my actual personal life, I am able to soften in ways that I've, I've never known to be possible. And I'm so incredibly thankful because I know it's because of plant portraying you and, and your story that I, I get to move differently in the world now. So I just, I really want you to know that you, like you genuinely changed my life and my spirit in my existence for allowing me to do this. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yes. And um, yeah, it, I'm sorry to not answer your question. 
Well, no, that was another lovely moment. I feel like I just just leave you guys to it, but um, you, you touched on womanhood there, and that's something <laughs> that's something I think that is is really interesting. Um, and of course, you know, in the film, we do see that you know it is it is fairly male dominated, although your character is of course very strong. Um, Mother Akua, tell me what was the gender dynamic like in the Black Panther Party? Well, I hear a lot of people say it was mostly women, but in the Illinois chapter, it was mostly men. When the chapter started up until the uh, assassination of Chairman Fred and Defense Captain Mark Clark and the massive arrests that were um, the number one goal of COINTELPRO, the counterinsurgency program initiated by then FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover. This COINTELPRO also uh, attacked Malcolm X, it attacked uh, the Garvey movement, and uh, it just recently, it was revealed that uh, J. Edgar Hoover, the director of the FBI, had his hands on uh, the assassination in, um, as, a, as the director individually, not just the organization of the FBI, had hands on in the assassination of Chairman Fred and Defense Captain Mark Clark on December 4th. So I'm saying all of this to say it was mostly men, but after the COINTELPRO, so many uh, men and some women were run out of the country uh, assassinated and, and locked up, and there's still political prisoners in the U.S. and uh, people that were in the party that are in political exile, you know, from this country because of the work that they did as members of the Black Panther Party. And we have to remember that and, and fight to support uh, political prisoners that put their life on the line for the right of self-determination for Black and oppressed people. What are you doing? That's private. It's private. You think you're gonna be a bad mother? It was a question. Why you gotta ask yourself that? I don't. I don't know. Maybe the fact that I'm bringing a child into a war zone. These aren't considerations you have to make. You get to go out there, talk about dying a revolutionary death, and how your your body belonged to the revolution because. You don't have another person growing inside your body. Would you say that there was a sense of sisterhood with the women in the party in the chapter that you were in? Well, let, let me say this, and I, I won't take a lot of time asking you to explain sisterhood. But one thing about the party, there were people that we didn't like each other. We didn't get along. I'm talking about uh, women and men. But we had an objective to get work done. And we had to work with the bougie bitches that we called them behind their back. <laughs> we had to serve breakfast with them. You know what I'm saying? But it was never that thing said in public. That was, you know, behind closed doors. You hear what I'm saying? So it wasn't that we were buddy buddies. It was that we were united for the most part in whether we're going to feed these children, whether we're going to work in the medical center. I worked uh, on the finance uh, committee as a, cadre, and my leadership was Lieutenant Barbara Sankey, now deceased, and uh, I was on the finance committee with uh, two other sisters, you know what I'm saying? And we would go out together, do fundraising, and at that time, there's a lot of black clubs all through the community, jazz, blues, any kind of music that you wanted, you know, R&B, and it was performances, and we would go out to these clubs and raise money. And my uh, assignment would be, when people came into town, uh, big entertainers, I would go and talk to them 
about supporting the various programs. Uh, one person I remember in particular now deceased, comedian Nips, Nipsey Russell, who Nipsey Hussle, the deceased rapper, took his name from, uh, who was a comedian. And uh, I went to talk to him about the programs. And he said, listen, I ain't with getting all these people out of jail and everything, but I think that... Uh, because we worked around political prisoners, too. I, but I think these children should be able to go to school and not be hungry. He was talking about our breakfast program in which before any schools had a free breakfast or free lunch, the Black Panther Party set up free breakfast programs all over the country, not just in Chicago. In Chicago alone, they were feeding over 3,000 children uh, per week under the leadership of uh, Chairman Fred. So he said, but I think I've, uh, I, I'm with feeding these these babies, you know. He may, I said, oh, you got it. You could donate to whatever you want to donate to, you know, whatever program. Just write in the memo part for breakfast for children only. And it won't go to help get nobody out of jail if that's not what you want to do. So people could support it, whatever level of support they were uh, willing to do. Mm-hmm. So... It was open. Uh, you didn't have to join the Black Panther Party. You didn't have to uh, be a revolutionary. You say, I can I can zoom, zoom into this program and support it. There's a really interesting scene in the film where someone is chastised for trying to chat up a girl. Um, and Mother Aku, is that true to life for you in that the rules about not you're not overstepping the line with the women? Well, the Black Panther Party was the only the first organization at that time to take on a thing we call male chauvinism. And um, it was respect for women, brothers and sisters. We did a lot of the same things. Everybody had to sell 250 papers a week. You hear what I'm saying? New Black Panther newspapers. Everybody had to work in the breakfast. Everybody had to do cadre work. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was a lot. It was a lot of respect, you know, for women and a lot of uh, support. I was in the first group of women. It was a whole bunch of us that were pregnant at the same time. You know what I'm saying? But it was, it it was a beautiful time. You know what I'm saying? And and don't let me give you the uh, false illusion that everybody wanted the same thing. There were uh, informants, snitches in the party, and only two were given up. That's William O'Neill and Maria Fisher, which Judas is William O'Neill and in the film. And um, but it and it's people there to for various other reasons. You know what I'm saying? But the common goal of the Black Panther Party was to fight for self-determination, but also to get people involved in their own struggle, in their own interests for self-determination, control over their own lives. It's not a question of violence or non-violence. It's a question of resistance to fascism or non-existence within fascism. You can murder a liberator, but you can't murder liberation. You can murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder revolution. And you can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. Dominique, let's turn a little bit more to your performance. Um, What in particular did you find most interesting about this role and perhaps challenging about capturing it? I feel all of it is interesting. I just, 
I was I was excited for the opportunity. I'm a romantic, you know, uh, so I was excited for the opportunity to. I was writing my own like love story. I'm like, if Hollywood is not gonna cast me in a love story, then I'm gonna write my own. So I was writing one, and then I got the email about this, and I and I said, wow. Not only do I get to to uh, to act with Daniel Lakeith and and do the story, but I get to celebrate and honor the Black Panther Party. Chairman Fred Mama Cool's relationship. And then the like, and then I get to be a part of a love story that's just so transcendent of time and space and race and all of these things that I was just how how blessed, how blessed am I? That was um that was great. I had a lot of fun when we did what we called the Malcolm scene, where you know they they're uh, connecting intellectually over Malcolm and they, you know, and I because because truly it kind of happened in order the way we were filming. The first time I was on set was the first was the first day that I meet Daniel in the movie, you know, and then so the even the the first kind of kiss idea was still new. And so the giggles were kind of real. I was like, <laughs> like, you know, like, how do you what's going on? Like, even behind the scenes, I'm like, Shaka, do, do I like do I kiss him now? He's like, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, okay. But like, it was very, I don't even know why. <laughs> like, I was so, like, and so the giddiness and the, the energy and the excitement in the moment, I, I really, I love that scene. And can I add something too? So many people have told me that that love story just really got them. And the other thing was they didn't sexualize me like they do women in a lot of movies. It was a love story. It wasn't a zip, zap, thank you, ma'am, sex, sex. You know what I'm saying? And people loved how that was presented. They say, this is this is some new ground here. Yeah. You know? When I first met with Shaka, um, he said, read the script and let me know your thoughts. And so I emailed him all the things that I love. And I said, two thoughts, but I don't want to overstep. So let me know if you want to hear them. And he said, you'll be playing her. You can't overstep. Give me your notes. And one of them was that a lot of times... I said, I know it's not a romantic movie, but a lot of times in this genre for Black women, uh, we we don't get chosen right away. We always have to prove ourselves worthy. And I just want to make sure that we know that Chairman loved her for her mind and her intellect and not for not for anything physical or that she has to do anything to, to prove it, that like innately she is worthy of the love and respect. And I know that that's not anybody's intention to, to kind of misalign that. But sometimes things are moving so fast that if you're not, if it's not brought to your awareness, then you kind of overlook it. He's like, you're right. So I was really adamant about that. Even to the, up until the moment of that scene, that, that scene that we share, I'm like, Shaka, something's missing. Something's missing. And I told Daniel, and I remember this too. I was like, Daniel, you know, we have to talk to Shaka. He's like, I agree. I'm, I'll talk to Shaka. I'm saying, when? He's like, I'll talk to him tomorrow. Tomorrow, the scene is tomorrow. And he's like, it's okay. <laughs> in the morning, I'm so anxious. I'm like, did he talk to him already? And then I had to say, Dom, like, let him, let this black man keep his word. He said he will, and he's going to do it. And he he did it. And yeah. then we're all able to have a conversation and make that scene, like, about their intellectual connection more so than anything physical. So I'm really glad that you feel that way and that people saw that. Yes, they got it. Absolutely. And it's so important. And we speak to quite a lot of actresses on Girls on Film who subtly have that word with an open-minded director. And it's so important, I think, to continue those conversations and to work on progression. Um, What other aspects in in the film did you enjoy about the fact that it is very much about her mind? That There's poetry, of course, comes into it. Would anyone like to speak 
about that? I would love to hear Mama Cool speak about that because you did do poetry and then you, and then you didn't anymore, right? Right. Well, that's what was different in the, in the movie. Uh, Dominique Deborah continued with the poetry and she came in to uh, be a scriptwriter into the Black Panther Party. But Chairman Fred, uh, you know, like they showed in the movie, he didn't need a scriptwriter. He'd been speaking since he was 12 or 13 years old. You know what I'm saying? And organizing. As a matter of fact, the FBI uh, tapped the phone at his parents' house, which we're doing the Save the Hampton House campaign and also maintain the Hampton House campaign, uh, where Chairman Fred uh, Sr. grew up to make it into a community center museum. So that work is going forward. But I, when I met Chairman Fred, um, I, uh, when I had brought my little poetry book that mesmerized and dazzled him with my brilliance. <laughs> and he said, he would, I said, excuse me, brother chairman, what you think about uh, poetry and all of that stuff? All right. He said, well, sister, if the poetry or the art don't reflect the needs and the aspirations of the people, we're not with it. We have to make power to the people a reality. I hear my book behind my back and I said, me either, brother. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was the last time I tried to impress somebody with my brilliance in, in poetry and uh, so on and so forth. Yeah, and uh, I, I never... Uh, considered him uh, a poet, but he was a powerful speaker and um, had been speaking and organizing forever. So that's that's one thing that's kind of different, but it all worked together good, I think, all of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, it actually, when I first read the script, there was no poetry. She says that to him, and then there's no more poetry. And I said to Shaka, like, you know, I think innately the the panthers are and were very poetic i think we might miss an opportunity if we don't hear one he's like i think you're right do you want to take a shot at that poem so he let me write the poem and i think too for me and that's why i had to i had the journal so i asked shaka if i could have the journal walking around and now and i remember when we went to to uh, chicago mama cool is always taking mm -hmm. notes too so i didn't realize like, that that was a part i had asked if i could have it and then it kind of naturally became a part of, of the character. Um, but in terms of the poetry, I really, like, you don't, you know, as an actor, you have no control over um, the edits right. or the right. amount of scenes that you get. So I wanted her to have, like, an urgency that let her have something of her own. And that way, as, you know, the, the cameras may be focusing on the guys, at least in your peripheral, you see her writing something. So she, you know she has thoughts about something. You know, and that she has urgency and, and a mind around what's going on, even if we don't hear it. And so then when the opportunity comes for her to share her voice and hear that poem, we know that she had a whole world going on inside of her own self. And that was really important that she had that urgency to make sure for cinematic purposes and for the purposes of the of the character, woman character, that she had some some strength behind her, even if we don't see her in every frame of the movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like the masses, I was in awe when I first laid eyes on all the things you are. I heard that speech. I knew we make noise. I just thought of being in the streets. 
She definitely makes a great impression. And congratulations again to both of your parts, <laughs> integral parts in this film. Um, I just want to finish up by asking you both, why is this a film important now, uh, Mother Akur? Well, it is so important. We look at the times when resistance is all over the world, when struggle is all over the world, where um, it's not acceptable things as be the police uh, terrorism that we call police brutality. It's not acceptable. It's being exposed. And how the police function in any community, any oppressed community worldwide. So this movie, what I hope it does, what it does in my understanding is that this is not a a walk down memory lane. It's a call for people to still get involved at some level in this struggle. And it also shows with us at the end that this this not something that happened back in the olden days. Uh, The Black Panther Party Cubs is carrying the legacy of the Black Panther Party, fighting to defend that legacy and fighting to uh, keep it keep it intact, so it doesn't become a um, a fake story or a mystery or something that happened a long time ago. So I think this movie hits it, and I encourage everybody who haven't seen it to go see this movie. Thank you, Dominique. Ultimately, I just always my cast and I talked about it that it is really just a tool. Like everything, like we're hearing, is not fact in the movie. There's a lot of fact, but everything is not how it went. So if it it brings attention to the legacy of Chairman Fred and what the Black Panther Party actually stood for, then that is that is a good tool for people to start learning. I didn't learn about the Black Panther Party until or Chairman Fred until I was in college, and I went to the Black Student Union, and I think that's unfortunate. So I'm I'm glad that we have this film to to even just wake somebody's yeah. um, mind up yeah. to start searching and, and looking and not relying solely on the film to think they know right. everything, but that it could spark somebody and 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 continue to move forward. And also, I just think about the the youth, the kids. Like we we we've always had heroes, um, heroes that look like us, heroes that weren't much older than us that just had uh, convictions about something and put their, their bodies and their minds and their hearts on the lines for us. We've always had heroes, even when they like to teach us that we don't. And, and I hope that, you know, somebody could see it and say, oh, I could do that too and, um, and do it. Amazing. Thank you both so, so much for joining Girls on Film. And I hope- Can I do a quick shout out? Please do a shout out. <laughs> Listen, I want to uh, shout out to uh, Chairman Franco, in uh, France, who's um, fighting a case against a racist statue they had there. Uh, he chairs a Black Panther Party Cubs in France. And sister, Chairwoman Suzette from Brazil, uh, shout them out who are continuing this work internationally. And Ambassador Franco, of course, of the Black Panther Party Cubs. And thank you again for the opportunity. Thank you, Dominique. I'm glad you played me. That means the world to me. I love you so much. And I'm so thankful to do this and get to interview and talk to you. Well, it's been such a genuine honour to have you both on. Thank you both so much. Take care. Bye-bye. That was Dominique Fishback and Mother Akua. Judas and the Black Messiah is coming soon. Girls on Film is an HLA production brought to you by executive producer Hedda Archbold, audio producer Dan Pugsley, 
assistant producers Heather Dempsey and Eliana Jay, and our partners for this episode, Warner Brothers UK. Do follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Girls on Film podcast. I've been your host, Anna Smith. We'll be back soon. Meantime, stay safe. These aren't considerations you have to make.